0: Wow, worship team. Way to lead us in worship. Woo! You may be seated. Happy Sunday after Easter. You know, it actually still is Easter. You know, we celebrate the resurrection here every single week. Amen? Amen. Good morning. I am Pastor Rob, Pastor of Connections and Missions. Pastor Tom is on a well deserved break. So let's give him and Karen a hand for just taking a deep breath this week. So we have been in a series. Well, let me explain Grove City Vineyard for a moment. I'm still learning. I've been here almost two months. We do series and we go out of series and we go into other series and we go back to series. And we might even go back to a Roman series that was started 21 years ago. Uh, but we are, we are back in the back to the Bible, through the Bible series. And we've been on that series for two and a half years. So we, we've been dedicated and devoted to it. And, and we are done with the Old Testament. Some would say praise God, right? Uh, we are on number 37 in this series And for those of you who are astute Old Testament Bible scholars, you're going to immediately count those and go, but there's 39 books of the Old Testament. How do we only do 37? Well, we did 37 because we combined Chronicles and Kings. So that's kind of what we did, if you're kind of wondering if we were a little confused. I felt like because it's been going on for two and a half years, we uh, could do a review and I, I figure if I take one minute for each of the books, uh, plus the sermon on the New Testament, uh, we'll be here for a couple hours. Is that good? Cool. All right. We're just going to skip the review. If you want to listen to all those, you're welcome to do that. I do, I, I do want to let you know, I, as I was praying about how do we jump into the New Testament, I, I was reminded... Of something that happened to me as a as a kid, I was in fourth grade. How many of you did school either one way or another? Anybody? All right, great. Uh, so I was in fourth grade. Did they have that where you were? Fourth grade, Johnstown Monroe High Sc- uh elementary school, which was known as Sierra Foss Elementary School. I'm from Johnstown. Go Johnnies! And uh, I had Mrs. Grimes. She loved me so much. I had her for fourth and fifth grade. You <laughs> know. And at fourth grade, uh, I was there in her class, and one of the things you need to know about Mrs. Grimes before I tell you this: she was a phenomenal teacher, uh, my favorite teacher ever. so she had a rule called mum 's mum 's a word." Have you heard that of that before? Or you saw it back there all right so she had mom's a word and if she said mom's a word it didn't matter what we were doing recess whatever mom's a word everybody had to be silent till she said we could speak again mom's word i found out later she suffered horrible horrible jaw pain and when it got really bad she would do that so she could deal with the pain but we didn't know that in fourth grade and so as you can imagine me being quiet was a difficult task and I had to really focus on being quiet, and and I was in a row of desks, and then there was the class library. Do they still have that now, class library? Anybody remember that? Your teacher bought a bunch of books because she loved you and everything, and we were allowed to look at books to keep us silent. And Lisa Bajden was looking at the books, and she was crawling on all fours, and she was barking. <laughs> Only loud enough for a few of us right beside her to hear. And you know in fourth grade how things that really aren't that funny seem that much funnier. And so a bunch of us started laughing. Three of us started laughing. I was one of the... (laughs) Mrs. Graham, get out of the hole! That broke mom's word, let me tell you. And she grabbed the paddle. Yeah, remember those? Yeah. I've never forgotten, let me tell you. It was three girls and me. Guess who got it last and the hardest? I still don't think that's fair. But I never got that paddle again. I learned from it. But she was a great teacher other than that. <laughs> but what I want you to think about for a moment, what if God played mums a word? What if God decided to be silent right now in our world? And maybe this morning that's how you're feeling. You're feeling like God is silent in my life. I'm just not hearing Him anymore. Let's pray and ask that we would hear God speak this morning oh father you are so good you are a good good father and lord we pray that what we sang word of god speak would you fall down like rain oh holy spirit just pour upon us help us to hear you this morning as we look in the book of matthew in the name of jesus christ we declare amen amen Amen. Amen. so Uh, We're in the book of Matthew. We're starting the New Testament. (laughs) Woo-hoo! Come on, we're starting the New Testament. This is good news. So we're in the book of Matthew, and kind of how we've been doing this series, we're breaking it up and saying, here's the context and here's the hot spot. And then I'm adding a life challenge. And so the context, the first thing we do when we ask the context is, Who wrote this? Who wrote this? How would you answer that question? Who wrote the book of Matthew? Well, we really don't know. (laughs) Now, the early church fathers thought it was Matthew, one of the disciples. And it might well have been. But uh, further scholarship uh, showed that Mark was actually the first gospel written. And Matthew has significant parts of Mark in it as inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so as they dug further, they decided Matthew was probably a disciple of Matthew. Does that make sense? He learned from Matthew, so he named the book, he called the book, after the one who discipled him. Regardless, it was inspired by the Holy Spirit and seen as first among the Gospels by the early church. Now, when was it written now, I know I was a history major. I actually taught some history over the years. I love history. I know people like my wife don't. <laughs> and maybe you don't like history much. And you start thinking of dates and you go, oh, who cares about this? But there's something cool about the, the, the dates this morning. So I want you to see. 50 A.D. is when Matthew was written. Everybody say 50 A.D. I want to make sure your uh, math is good. Jesus was born around 3 B.C. Everybody say 3 B.C. Anybody confused by that? Shouldn't it be zero? Uh, Well, here's the deal. The monk that came up with the new calendar messed up the calendar. How would you like that on you for history? You can't fix that mistake, right? So that's why it's 3 B.C. rather than 0 A.D. So we got that? So... He died about 33 A.D., right? 30 or 33 A.D., and so this book was written about 17 years after he died, inspired by the Holy Spirit. But we need to go back further, because I want you to see this. Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, which was our last sermon in this series, was written about 400 B.C. Everybody say 400 B.C. Now, you guys are are astute math scholars. What's 400 from zero? (laughs) Pat yourself on the back and tell your neighbor, I graduated from high school. Look at me. All right. So, 400 years. What I want you to see this is why it's significant. God didn't speak for 400 years. Can you imagine? 400 years he didn't speak but it's more significant that if you go back another 200 years to 600 bc everybody say 600 bc that is when ezekiel the book of ezekiel tells us that the holy spirit left the temple so the holy spirit stopped forgiving people and the transaction of sacrifices Do you see that? 600 years, the Holy Spirit was essentially silent. And then he stopped speaking at least. He was still speaking through people. And in 400, he stopped speaking through people and utter silence for another 400 years. Now you understand the context of Matthew. Matthew. And I want you to read this so you get this. And maybe this is you this morning. Read it with me. Matthew was written to a Jewish audience who primarily believed that God no longer spoke. So Matthew emphasized Messianic prophecy to show that God was speaking through Jesus. He was speaking to people who, who they, they did the rituals, they followed the religion, but they really were looking for the Messiah to come so God would start speaking again and Matthew in particular was written to those people, he also used a lot of Old Testament allusions and scriptures to really connect with the Jewish audience. So what do we do with all that? Well, I want you to clue in to Messianic prophecy. Do you all know what Messianic prophecy is? It's a simple prophecy that is predicting what the Messiah will be like, right? It's very predictive. Go to Matthew two seventeen through eighteen. Now, as you're going to that, can I make a confession to you, and you won't judge me? Right. I sometimes skip messianic prophecy when I'm reading the Bible. When I'm reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I just want to admit that. I, I see the, the scripture in quotes and I go, Eh, I don't need that. I'm going to move on. I want to, I want to read Jesus' words and I want to read what Jesus did. Anybody else like that? Oh, you're all better than me. I see. Alright. Okay. I see how it is this morning. So what I want you to see, what I want to do is give you a little bit of a, a, a spark of energy when you see prophecy, messianic prophecy about Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So Matthew two seventeen through 18 says, Then was fulfilled. Everybody say, then was fulfilled. Yeah. What was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah, voice was heard at Ramah, weeping and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. So what is this talking about? This is a messianic prophecy that was predicting that a bunch of children would be killed when the Messiah was born. And sure enough, Herod killed all the firstborn sons, male, zero to two years old. Does that sound familiar? So a Jewish person would have read this, was fulfilled, said, he's speaking again. He speaks God speaks. Oh no, you're not getting it. Let's try this again. Matthew two twenty three says was fulfilled. What does that mean? God speaks. Let's try again. Matthew four fourteen was fulfilled. Matthew eight seventeen was fulfilled. Matthew twelve seventeen was to fulfill. All right, now, hold on. I grew up going to Methodist churches, and there's nothing wrong with Methodist church, but Methodist church I went to, we did what was called liturgy, and liturgy is the work of the people, and most people, when they were doing the work of the people, were like, yeah, for God to love the world that He only began." blah, 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 can we sit down and be done. God speaks! Let's try that again. Matthew 12, 17 was to fill. Ah, there you go. Matthew 13, 14 is fulfilled. Matthew 13, 35 was fulfilled. Matthew 21, 4 was fulfilled. Matthew 26, 54 through 56. Matthew 27, 9 was fulfilled. Do you understand that Matthew was trying to say to the Jewish community, God is acting again. God is speaking again. He's speaking to you. He wants you to listen. He wants you to hear. Let me ask you a question. Do you remember before you accepted Christ? And some of you might not have accepted Christ. Do you remember? Uh, yeah, just, let me tell you. I went to church all the time and God did not speak. I heard the liturgy. I went to Sunday school. I sang in the choir and God did not speak. I got confirmed and and memorized uh, the Lord's Prayer and the Apostles' Creed. Give me a hand. And God did not speak. See, I tried to read the Bible. People said, open it up. And I had a a big Bible, one of those old King James versions that were for... uh, It makes no sense. In third grade, we were given a Bible that weighed 50 pounds. And they said, read this. I couldn't even carry it, let alone read it. And there were thou's and thus's and thys and who's and how's. I mean, I tried to read it, but I didn't get it. And I didn't get why people who read it, read it. Who said, oh, you got to read it because it's a word of God. God speaks to you. He didn't speak to me. I fell asleep. Am I alone in that? See, then I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And the Holy Spirit came in my life. And what was once boring came alive. See, the Holy Spirit is a difference, in the, and suddenly this old 2,000-year-old document became a brand new, alive, living Word for me. Does anybody remember? And some of you are struggling because you've never accepted Christ, and you don't get this, this Bible thing. And what I want you to understand is you probably won't get it until you give your heart over to jesus and let the holy spirit fill you so he will illumine the word of god for you but for some of you you remember when it was alive but it's become a little dead. it's not speaking to you the way it did holy spirit is not speaking to you the way he was and there's a hot spot in Matthew that gets to the heart of this and it's Matthew 17:1 through 8, one of the best stories honestly in the New Testament. And we call it the transfiguration. So let's look at it Matthew 17. We're going to look at verses 1 through 2 first. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up to a high mountain by themselves. You know, get away from everything, right? Mountaintop experience, that's what's going to happen. The mountaintop. And he was, I mean, Matthew does not mince words. He says, And he was transfigured. Now, what I want you to know is Matthew, Mark, and Luke all have the story of transfiguration. But only Matthew and Mark use this unique word for transfiguration. And it has to do with a a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. How many of you read Greek? All right, let let me read it for you. And then you can guess what word this is. Metamorpho. Metamorpho. Metamorpho what word is that metamorphosis so what happened does a does a caterpillar look like a butterfly barely i want you to get what they saw up there they saw jesus as he really is They saw not the person, Philippians 2 Jesus, who emptied himself of his power, who walked in this world with the Holy Spirit's empowerment, who was beaten, who was spat upon, who was nailed to the cross. They didn't see that Jesus. They saw Jesus as he really is King of kings and Lord of lords. God speaks. God speaks. Do you see it? They're up there going, oh my goodness, look at this. This is incredible. Most people go, before them his face shone like the sun and his clothes became white as light. And they go, oh, isn't that cool? No, that's not the cool part. The cool part is they saw Jesus as he really is. Man. How many of you have ever sung the song in the garden? It's a beautiful song. And a lot of people like to see it. But I don't long to be in the garden with a Jesus who was getting ready to suffer. I long for the victorious Jesus who's raised from the dead, who is King of kings and Lord of lords. What are you longing to see? What are you longing to hear? And so here's his buddies. They're picturing this. In Matthew 17, 3 through 4, it says, and behold. Now, this is a a fun thing that that the gospel writers do when when they say and behold, you're supposed to check that out. Check that out. There's something more. This isn't it. This is something more. Check it out. What's it mean? Let's try that again. What's it mean? And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah. Now, how did they know it's Moses and Elijah? Nobody had a picture. (laughs) Folks, that's as funny as I get. I'm sorry. I thought that was better than that. So, Moses and Elijah. What what is that? Moses and Elijah. The law and the prophets. How did God speak to the people of Israel? The law and the prophets. See, God speaks and, and they're going, behold, the law and the prophets speak to Jesus. Woo! No, the law and the prophets, uh, th- Jesus is not subservient to the law and the prophets. They speak to him because if you really want to hear God speak, it's through Jesus. That is the only way. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with them. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it's good that we're here. Is that an understatement? Yeah. Come on now. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. Lord, it's good we're here. Now, Jesus, if you wish, I mean, it's up to you, Jesus. If you wish, I will make three tents here. One for, one for you and Moses and Elijah. What, what is Peter actually saying? This is so cool. Let's stay here. I don't want to come down from the mountain. It is so good up here. How many of you have ever said that? You've had that mountaintop experience? If I could only, only stay here. If it was just like this the rest of the week. But look what Jesus says what happens so he he's still speaking he's not even listening to peter he's ignoring peter just like us sometimes we need ignored and we just need to listen amen Amen. quiet husbands don't tell your wives that not a good idea yeah that's not a good idea he was still speaking when behold what's that mean yeah he was still speaking when behold a bright cloud overshadowed them and a voice from the god speaks right So who's going to speak? Father God, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. What's he say? What's he say? Why does he want you to listen? Because he's speaking to you. And if you don't listen, you won't hear him. And then he said, we're going back down there. And back down there, you're going to have to listen to him much more intently. Because life happens down there in the valley. It gets hard and it gets difficult. You're going to have to... Well, how many of you remember radios? <laughs> you, know, you remember radios? and not, not the new ones, but the old ones when... when what is that called a tuner some of you are going why don't i hear him why don't i hear him you're not tuned in how many of you ever went on a on a trip right and the old radio in the car and as you went you lost the signal are, are you hearing me? You lost the signal. And, and what happens when you lose a signal? <clears throat> right, that static, that awful stuff. And then you'd finally hear a voice, and it would be, "I saw the light." And the kids would go, "Turn it, turn it." And you get, <clears throat> and you'd go, and Jesus said, Dad, no, turn it, turn it." <laughs> then, then in our fa- that was our family. Maybe your family was more holy. it would. <clears throat> I just like doing that and you you get to anticipation remember that or yeah something you go oh stop here we are tuned in to the right station why aren't you hearing like you once heard are you tuned in Or is there too much, I did it again, (laughs) two for two, we need to put guardrails up. (laughs) Is there too much static in your lives? Did you know that the Word of God was written to be heard, not primarily to be read, for most of church history, it was heard rather than read. And some of you, some of you read it diligently and you dissect it and you eisegesis it and you exegesis it and you put together your hermeneutic and you have everything memorized. Some of those words you don't care about, that's all right, I got a show I went to seminary. but you're not listening for God's voice in it. So maybe what you need to do is listen to it. Can I make a confession? I can't stand reading poetry. So psalms aren't my thing. To read through... Some of you love them. That's okay. I won't hold it against you. But for me, it's really hard to read. But I've been listening to the Psalms. I've been hearing it. I'm. I'm. The, I've made it further in the Psalms in this point of my life. I've read them all, but I, I've made it through in consecutive order. Further, I'm in the hundreds now. A Psalm. There's a lot of those things. But what I want you to understand, I'm hearing it now. And the Lord is speaking to me because I'm actually listening rather than figuring what the Scripture says. And I like Bible study. Don't get me wrong. But you need to listen. And then you need to start eliminating the static from your life. And I apologize, but that's a whole nother sermon. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Are you listening? Are you tuned in to what He wants to say to you? Now here's my challenge for you. Matthew 28: 16 through 20.'re going to tell your neighbor, this is familiar. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain in which Jesus had directed them. See, they're back in the mountain. Notice this, they're back in the mountain. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, and what are we supposed to do when Jesus says something? You're getting it. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go! Everybody say go. Therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and of the... Uh, he's still at, he's active again after 600 years he's active again he's working and he's moving i have commanded you and behold i am with you always to the end of the age now what i i want you to see jesus is not just talking to you so you can keep it to yourself I I am always doubtful when people say, oh, the Holy Spirit has really moved in my life, but I'm going to keep it all to myself. That is not the Holy Spirit, folks. See, the Holy Spirit wants to speak through you after He's spoken to you. You understand, he gives you that word so you can give that word to others because it's the best news in the history of the world. God speaks. God speaks when I'm down in the valley. He speaks when I'm in the mountain. He speaks even when I don't think he's speaking. God wants to not just speak to you this morning. He wants to speak through you this week. So, I want to introduce a song to some of you. Some of you might know this. Uh, it's called Spirit of the Living God by Vertical Band. And I want to do this a little bit different. Now, i, I got to say this to the, my front row people because they, they like to stand up right away. All right? Don't stand right away. All right? Some of you in back are going, "Whoo!" kind of like the city. That's all right. It's everybody gets to have fun here, right? But here's what I want you to do. I want you to listen to the song and ask the Lord to speak to you this morning. I want you to sit there and say, "Lord, speak to me. I want to I want to hear I want to hear you." Today, I want to hear you on Monday. I want to hear you on Tuesday. Lord, Word of God, speak to me and then speak through me. Just listen. And then at the appropriate time, I will encourage you to really step out and trust His Word in specific areas of your life. Amen. Speak grace. Speak forgiveness. Speak to us today. Speak to us on Monday. Speak to us on Tuesday. Speak to us on Wednesday. Speak to us on Thursday. Speak to us on Friday. Speak to us on Saturday. Speak to us in the Valley. Speak to us at work. Speak to us with our kids. Speak to us at school. Speak to us, Lord, and speak through us. Speak to us and speak through us. Keep us tuned in and help us tune others in to your love and grace. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I love being one of the pastors here. I hope you have a terrific